This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to a special Blood Red podcast here outside the Wanda Metropolitano where it's, I can confirm it's absolutely freezing. Uh, I'm joined by our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, Paul Ghost. Hi Paul. Hello Ian. Also joined by Liverpool.com's Joel Rabinowitz. Evening Ian. I pronounced that right, didn't yeah, I? 100%. Thank you. Right, we will start then Paul with you. Liverpool have lost by one goal to nil. Sal Niguez goes the only goal after I think it's four minutes. It was a strange game, wasn't it? But it was something that if you follow Atletico Madrid for a number of years, it's something you're perhaps not that surprised with. Yeah, I mean, a little bit different to what Atletico Madrid have kind of become known as uh, over the last few years under Diego Simeone. This season he's tried to kind of go through a little bit of a transition. They've started spending big money on creative players like Thomas Lamar and, and João Felix. But um, at the core, there's still that street fighting, you know, just absolute underdog mentality who claw and fight and scratch for every single decision, every throw in, every free kick and that was ultimately what it was tonight wasn't it, they got the goal inside the first five minutes um, I said in our video verdict actually that Diego Simeone would have went to bed on Monday night dreaming of a goal inside the first five minutes because then it basically enabled him to throw 11 men behind the ball everyone became a defender, they were sitting in deep, um, kicking and clearing and it wasn't a, a great spectacle by any stretch was it, certainly not befitting of a Champions League last 16, certainly not befitting of Liverpool who were European and world champions and Premier League um, champions elect um, so it was a difficult night for Liverpool and we can't really be too critical because you know we, we, we've travelled across everywhere this season with them and, we, and we've seen them lose twice now, uh, we're not including the Aston Miller game, um, Napoli away and, and Atletico Madrid who were probably similar teams you might say, plenty of quality but uh, very um, defiant and, and very um, you know a team who were full of, um, of fighting qualities so it's um, maybe maybe that's the kryptonite for Liverpool I don't know but um, I still fancy Liverpool to, to get the job done in the second leg and, and um, you know score the goals that will send them through to the quarterfinals. Now Joel there was a lot of excitement before the game regarding the team selection because everyone was looking forward to seeing what many believed is Liverpool's strongest team it's the first time we ever actually saw all 11 players out on the field starting in the same team and it did look in those first 10 minutes as though they were a team we'd never played together before. It did yeah there was a strange sort of nervousness that you just don't associate with his Liverpool team in the opening minutes I think the corner was conceded by Van Dijk shanking a ball which he didn't need to usually would just clear that up the pitch and there were a few strange sloppy passes before that Fabinho I thought looked quite shaky in the opening stages and they just didn't look as sure of themselves as they usually would um, which is strange because as European champions and where they are in the league and world champions you'd think they'd be confident going wherever they go um, and to their credit I thought they responded reasonably well quite quickly to that early setback um, the rest of most of the rest of the game really was Liverpool sort of camped deep in Atletico's half they had a few kind of forays forward but Liverpool controlled it and we just said before we went on camera here it felt like a nil-nil game if that goal didn't come when it did um, but the platform that it gave Atletico was yeah their dream scenario basically because those two banks of four, uh, they're so effective at just shuttling side to side, shutting off space. It just felt like even when Liverpool did get into dangerous areas, like we mentioned, they had a couple of decent-ish chances. Vassalo shot, which got blocked in the first half, and Henderson dragged one wide in the second half. They were reasonable chances, but there were still bodies in the way, bodies flinging themselves in front of a ball to stop things, and that's what they do. Um, and when you give a team like that a gift from a corner... Um, it makes it really, really difficult. And I think as much as we can be critical of Liverpool for their kind of lack of creativity and a lack of firepower, 
there aren't many scenarios in world football which is harder than playing a Diego Simeone Atletico team at 1-0 down in front of a crowd like that um, because it was noisy enough before kick-off but once you get a goal inside five minutes it's, it's a bear pit in there. Now, Ghosty, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I'm going to show you, throw you sorry, a bit of a hand grenade here. He <laughs> said before the game that you know he was asked about, you know, what you're going to be playing up against Atletico Madrid side, who, as we just mentioned, are renowned for the defending. And he said, like, well, you know, we've, we've been coming up against these kind of defences all season in the Premier League. And he said, you know, Norwich was a good preparation for that. Mm. Now, I'm not saying Trent's saying that Norwich are as, you know, as good defensively as Atletico, but is there perhaps a sense that Liverpool as a team perhaps we're taken a little bit by surprise by just how dogged and how resolute and how well organised and well drilled Atletico were bearing in mind as well that Jurgen Klopp in his press conference said that at half time he loved half time because it gave him a chance to fiddle with a few things and switch things around because you know basically Atletico perhaps caught him on the up a little bit because he, he's obviously never come up against the Diego Simeone no, side no, before that's true but he, he did say that he? he paid them loads of respect in, in the press conference on, on Monday he was talking about them being a, a machine and, and you know they're, they're so difficult to break down and stuff so obviously knows what what kind of team they are but what I found interesting actually was um, had a chance to speak to Joe Gomez in, in the in the mix zone after the Norwich game and Liverpool hadn't even started beginning to analyse Atletico Madrid um, when you think of a game of, of this magnitude you'd expect the work to be done um, a lot earlier, you know. Obviously, the, the games have been coming thick and fast, but they've had that mid-season break, and they were back to work on the Monday at Melwood. So, um, they always talk about taking it a game at a time. But Norwich and Atletico Madrid, they would have had all week to prepare for Norwich, but you know, one day at Melwood to prepare for for a game like this, and you know, it's a no-brainer who who the better team is. So, I, I find that interesting. Um, but I think just think Atletico at elite level of, of spoilers, aren't they? They're, they're a team who always defend and dig in, but you do it with world-class players and, and when, when you kind of match that up that is when you, you get a, a top team like Atletico we were able to to grind up results like this I mean they, they, they don't play the best football and, and they never have under Diego Simeone he's been there eight years they won the league in, in 2014 playing this type of stuff um, so it's you know it, it gets results um, I just think Liverpool will perhaps maybe have to wise up a little bit when, uh, when the return leg comes in, in three weeks I mean, Joel, you mentioned the atmosphere inside the stadium, which was, was fantastic. Now, Diego, Diego Simeone, after the game, said, you know, we actually thought we were winning before the game started because the reception, in fact, it was just over there that the team buses got. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was kind of like, you know, we've seen it at Anfield, haven't we, with certain games with the, you know, the pyro and, and all the flags and everything. And he basically said it gave us a massive boost. And that kind of rolled on into the first couple of minutes and that's what helped them get this advantage that they've got. Yeah, absolutely. I think... In the Liverpool bubble in which we live, I think we can sometimes think that it's just it's an Anfield thing, but we've seen that other teams can do the same thing with their crowd. And I think it sometimes is overstated just how much a crowd influences football matches. But in scenarios like that, in a Champions League knockout tie, um, in a stadium like that, and it's interesting. Obviously, they've only been here is it two years, three years now. I think they moved in 2017, uh, and you've seen with teams previously who've moved. Arsenal had trouble moving to the Emirates, carrying the atmosphere from Highbury. West Ham have had a nightmare moving to the London Stadium, um, but that's absolutely not the case there. It was raucous, even like 15, 20 minutes before kickoff. Um, and like I said, that just gave them a complete lift off when they scored that goal, which I didn't really have to work for. Um, and they were just like like Paul mentioned, every little single thing, like a, a throw-in or a free kick, the crowd... There was one point in the first half where a throw-in, the linesman gave it Liverpool's way, the crowd howled, yeah. and he went moved his flag straight back the other way. And it's that kind of thing, that there's small margins in these European ties away from home, um, and Liverpool will need to sort of tap into that at Anfield in the next leg. 
mean, Jurgen Klopp said he thought the referee was perhaps intimidated by the atmosphere a little yeah. bit yeah. and the officials as a whole. Would you agree with that? Because, you know, there were one or two decisions that looked a little bit iffy. And, of course, there was the whole situation with Sadio Mane who, who got a yellow card. I think yeah. it was, who did, was it? Who did he tangle? Was that career? I think no, no, that was the second one, wasn't it? He had an initial foul where he he was a bit, bit enthusiastic and caught somebody accidentally, but it was a booking. And then Atletico Madrid for the next ten minutes before half time seemed to you know go out of their way to try and get Manny a, a second yellow. Led to Klopp admitting you know that later on that he substituted him at half time to stop him from being sent off. And if your Liverpool team was already struggling to break down Atletico Madrid, the fact that the managers had to take off, you know arguably the most creative most devastating player uh, going forward this season that's a victory for Atletico Madrid in the way that they play isn't it oh 100% and, and Diego Simeone is listening to that and he's rubbing his hands with glee and saying yes we'd, you know, we've, we've got one over on them the fact that Liverpool were forced or Jürgen Klopp felt he was forced to, to change such an influential player out of fear of getting hoodwinked in, into getting sent off Tells you, tells you everything, doesn't it? I mean, uh, the referee uh, Simon Marciniak, I think you pronounce it, uh, from Poland. It's not the first time he's come up, come up referee in Liverpool. I think he was, well, I know he was the referee when Liverpool played in, in Paris. Um, uh, was it last year? Yeah, um, last season. Yeah, he had, he had a tough night then with, with a lot of PSG's play acting and, and histrionics and exaggerations. And it looks like he, he's he's had a similar similar episode tonight. Um, Correa, in particular, who was on the on the turf more than anything, um, I thought. Um, he was he was shocking to be honest um, and there was a few who far behind them um, but this is what you have to come up against um, on the continent uh, Liverpool play in the Premier League where um, there's some teams who, who, who would you know absolutely wince at the thought of doing anything like that but um, it's a different game when you come into Europe so Liverpool have, you know I, I thought Liverpool had sort of wisened up to this type of stuff and, and they, they weren't no Do you think it wasn't Liverpool that had to wise up? It was the referee. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool aren't as wet behind the ears as they were maybe a couple of years back when he first come back into the Champions League under Klopp. But I thought um, I thought they were schooled a little bit tonight. They were out thought. Um, and uh, really, yeah, really, uh, yeah, um. I do. Was it? Did it didn't really create much. Did they? I mean, Atletico got their goal, and then, and then they just said, "Come and break us down," and and Liverpool couldn't. It, you know, they didn't even have a. A half chance, really. When you look at Salah's header, maybe Salah shot in the first half, where it gets blocked for a corner. Other than that, you're struggling to, to think of anything that was anything, anything in the way of clear cut, and um, that is what Athletes go do. Um, Liverpool will know all about it now for the second leg. So um, it's about uh, another one of those famous European nights, I think. We was going to make, go on to that then, Joel, about the second leg, which isn't for another three weeks. A lot of football to be played in between. Then and that, then and now, and you know, can Liverpool have won the league in that time? I don't know. Could they have won it? I don't think they can. What's could the date they? Of the second leg? March the eleventh. I don't think they can. No, can they? No. no well, they, they certainly they, they could have gone a lot. They it could be a lot nearer. So there's a lot that could change in that in terms of injuries or whatever. But Jurgen yeah, Klopp did say afterwards. He says, you know, he spotted the Atletico crowd were obviously made up that they'd won. Atletico Madrid's players did a lap of honour after the game, which I thought was a little bit odd because it's only the first leg. And he kind of said, look, you know, there's a second leg to come here. It's not as though we're 5-0 down, we're 1-0. And, you know, you've seen what the power of a stadium can do here. Anfield next in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be something completely different again for Atletico. Yeah, I think it, it goes to show kind of what the scalp Liverpool are. But even beating them in the first leg, uh, 1-0, it's, it's effectively half-time and a tie. But so few teams do beat Liverpool nowadays that it is something that teams feel is worth celebrating. Whether you think that's a a bad thing or that shows that they're sort of getting ahead of themselves I'm not quite sure because they've just beaten what most people would agree is the best team in the world so I think they're within their rights to be sort of pleased with that um, 
again it's a lead which is not in any way insurmountable for Liverpool um, they did come back from 3-0 down against Barcelona so you know the scale of this challenge is smaller than that the only worry is that they don't have that away goal mm. to carry back so they need to be really alert defensively because if I had to go do Nick one for a set piece or a penalty or something freakish and, and they take advantage of Liverpool switching off at Anfield Liverpool need to score three uh, which against this team the way they defend the numbers they're going to put behind the ball they're going to be defending like their lives depend on it at Anfield so you think Liverpool probably have to keep a clean sheet I think uh, at home uh, you would probably back them to do so I think they they didn't defend awfully tonight but it was just that really uncharacteristic I mean it was funny I think in the podcast we did yesterday I said Liverpool barely ever concede from a corner and then they go and do it for the second time all season so you think that now that's happened that it probably is a one-off um, I think one of the most interesting questions looking ahead to the second leg is kind of what Klopp does with his team because like we said on paper a lot of people would say that was Liverpool's strongest team but it didn't play out like that and I think you did see some of the limitations of that midfield um, it's done the job plenty of times for Klopp in the past in this competition but I think the problem Liverpool had tonight was especially with the fullbacks weren't really getting into positions where they could create things. Trent had probably one of his poorest games in a while. I thought um, his delivery just wasn't wasn't there. And when you lose the creativity out wide from the fullbacks, those midfielders aren't necessarily the most naturally attack-minded. Uh, it's very easy to say in hindsight that you know an Abi Cater or Oxlade Chamberlain would have been better suited. But I do wonder if Klopp goes a little bit more bold with his team selection in the next leg. Final word then to you, Ghosty. You mentioned about a famous Anfield European night on the horizon. Mm. What can we expect? More of the same, I'd suggest. It's a bit of, bit of a cliche, isn't it? But uh, it's a cliche for a reason. Liverpool showed that as recently as, as May. Well, t- t- the last kind of knockout game that they had at Anfield, was it? Um, when they beat Barcelona 4 0. So it's, 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 the fans are going to have to play their part. Liverpool obviously need the goal, but don't really need to go and get it straight away because as Joel says if, if let's go do Nick one and, and let's face it they do have do have quality they're not they're not 11 cloggers who just you know tackle you for 90 minutes they do have a fair bit of quality as well if they do Nick one then it's going to be very difficult for Liverpool to go and get three so um, the fans will play the part and Liverpool will stay patient hopefully and, and it should be enough eventually to, to squeeze through and that should just about do us cheerio I'm off to warm my hands up You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.